What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelic TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai. Shields got a good show for you today This to begin a new week. Um, the Major League Baseball season, opening day of the 60-game sprint of the 2020 MLB season, will begin on th- uh, Thursday. July uh, 23rd with the Yankees and the Nationals and won't be Washington, D.C. because the Nationals are having problems uh, finding a place to play because the city of Washington, D.C. will not allow them to play there. So so they are going to have to find another uh, venue to play that game. But that game will be played later this week, and all the other MLB teams will be kicking off their 2020 campaign the day after that, that Friday. So, of course, I'm going to give you my what's been delayed 2020 MLB season predictions. I'm going to give you my thoughts on Dak Prescott's contract. I've tried to avoid it as long as I possibly could, but with nothing else outside of this to predict the MLB season to talk about, I'm going to bring up uh, and talk about Dak Prescott. Um, also, of course, in the top, I'm going to address the Redskins and Dan Snyder and everything else. Um, so here is it's okay. So here is where I'm. Here's where I stand with this with Dan Snyder. Look, in case you okay, so in case you all have been living under a rock or didn't know, the news came out. The story uh, was released um, on Friday night via the New York Post of sexual harassment and inappropriate behavior that has gone on inside the Washington, what used to be the Washington Redskins. They don't have a team name, so and Washington NFL team is just too many words. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna still refer to them as the Washington Redskins because they don't have a new name yet, and it's just quicker to say. And my point is about what goes on in with the culture of the team rather than the name. But the story came out of how the story came out with Dan Snyder and the people that work uh, beneath him in the Redskins front office basically used the team to solicit prostitutes and to sexually harass and abuse the female workers within the organization. And and, and that broke in a, in a big time ex- exclusive story via the New York Post on Friday. Here's my thoughts about it. Um, first off, and this what is what I tweeted out when that story came out. First off, there needs to be a bigger outcry, and for all you people out there, and you know who you are, that made, and you can make the argument rightfully so, but for all you people out there that went ballistic and raised hell over the Redskins' name, the same people should be going ballistic about this because granted the name is egregious the name is racially insensitive but i would rather if the i would rather have the team 
be named the Redskins, but I look back and I see that the actual organization, the company, the business that is the Washington Redskins is ran properly. I would, I would rather say, okay, so the, you know, the, the boss treats everyone with respect. There's no, you know, you don't act, you don't act inappropriately in the workplace. You're not pimping prostitutes, using your cheerleaders, having topless uh, photo shoots down in Cancun, all that stuff is. So as much as people made a, made a stink and had plenty of outrage and had plenty of anger, and you can make the argument, rightfully so, about this asinine name controversy. There should be far more, far more anger and outrage and screaming and yelling about about a team and the owner of a team who's the boss based using his franchise, an NFL franchise, to harass, A, to harass the people, the women that work for him, and B, to solicit prostitutes and go through the sex trafficking stuff and all that and all that uh, uh, items is concerned. Which, that, which which is worse, a stupid name that no one in America in you know in in the big course of life, there's no one that gets physically harmed or gets abused or gets hurt because of the Redskins name. That's fact. There's no one that gets physically harmed with the Redskins name. You can make the argument that it's insensitive. You can make the argument that it's uh, racist. You can make the argument it's bigotry. You can make the argument that, you know, times... I get all that. But again, it's... We shouldn't be so upset. We can't, we can't raise... We can't go crazy over a name, and yet when 15 women come out who worked for the Redskins say, hey, I was sexually harassed by former scouts and members of uh, Dan Snyder's inner circle, we can't basically turn a blind eye to it while this happens all the time. The, 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 two, two wrongs do not make a right here. We can't go crazy, and we can't scream and yell, and we can't protest, and we can't go on TV and basically act like, you know that that the name Redskins is against the is against the Ten Commandments. While we turn the blind eye to this, because I don't know about you, but sex trafficking and sexual harassment, especially in the workplace, is more damaging than a name of a stupid football team. And that's and that's that's how I feel. Okay, that's how I feel. And people should be more outraged and should raise more hell over a team basically involved with soliciting prostitutes and harassing the members that work for the franchise by a bunch of male chauvinists and, and jerks than we, should about, than we should about the name. And again, if you're against the name, I hear you and you have that argument. And I'm not going to fight you with that argument. To have that argument, the name should be changed, and it is going to be changed. You can have that. But at the same time, we can't go crazy over a, 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 a something as simple and as so, um, I guess you can use the quote-unquote physically harmless as a, as a name of a football team than people that are being abused and harassed when they're trying to go to work and doing their job. 
So for the Max Kellmans of the world and everybody else that, you know, how dare they have the Redskins name and basically acted like that, you know, the Washington Reds, the name Washington Redskins was, you know, against the Ten Commandments. And if you and if and that name essentially damns you to hell for all you people out there and you can make the argument rightfully so that went crazy over the Redskins name where you all have to have the same energy and the same passion, if not more than with the team basically letting letting the men that that work for that team sexually harass and abuse the women that work for the team all while soliciting prostitutes and use and pimping out their own cheerleaders so again you should be go all you people out there should be going bonkers over this because at the end of the day no one in the in the big grand scheme of life got physically harmed with the Redskins name nobody nobody this is the same you know the same people that released this article about the about about the sexual harassment stuff with the Redskins it's it's the same article when they had a poll a, sh- a short four years ago where a good decent amount of Native Americans did not find the Redskin name offensive so you can't sit up here and, so what are you gonna do you gonna, you gonna pick and choose what what uh what what Washington Post article holds weight and which one doesn't one that that came out, uh, one that came out four years ago. Well, we're gonna throw that out, but but because of sexual harassment, that that it, we, you know, hold on, hold on now. You you can't you can't have it both ways. You can't pick and choose. Again, I'm in the middle. Change the name. Go ahead and change the name. If they kept the Redskins name, I would have had no problems with that either. I'm right down the middle when it comes to the name thing. I told you all this. But if you're going to be upset and to have a bone to pick with Snyder, I would rather you have a bone to pick with Snyder over the fact that the people within within his inner circle and the people that works for him with the Washington Redskins NFL franchise sexually harass his female employees than the name of the stupid team. And for all you people out there in the media that went crazy about the name, you should be go- you should be showing the same passion, if not double that, with this. Because because there's no room t- because there's no room for this. There's there should be no there should be no room for this. And I understand. And you know, Coach Ireton, who I had on back in the program back on back in uh, April, he you know, and he said. I know he said, you know, that, uh, well, Snyder's a bad guy. He, he texted me over the weekend. Well, Snyder's an easy target. People don't like Snyder because conservative views. and I, I, I understand all that, and I get it. But that does. But just because he's an easy target, that doesn't mean people don't shouldn't have the right to basically take shots at him. Cause he, because, if, because if there's anyone that's put a target on his back, it's been Snyder. Let's call it like we see it. The team stinks. The team had the team. The team has has what has has won probably. I don't even. I get Brendan on, and he can probably give you these specifics. And I should probably. Uh, I should probably give you this. I should probably know this off the top of my head. But the team has made. But 
if the, the team hasn't made the playoffs since 2015. Lord knows when was the last time they won a playoff game. They haven't played played slash win a Super Bowl since they haven't played slash win a Super Bowl since 1991. They've gone they've gone through coat they've gone through head coaches like like tissue paper. Yeah, they had RG three. He got unlucky with that. But this this is a football team that has not done a freaking thing since the nineties. They've made they've made the playoffs. They've made the playoffs f- four times in the twenty first century. Four times. Won their division twice. They have not even. Kiss the the NFC Championship game in over twenty five years. Again, have not been. They haven't done anything. Their product on the field stinks. They have they have the controversy surrounding the name. The owner isn't the owner isn't likable because he was defiant about not changing the name. And then that and then to, to top it all off, he's got sexual harassment cases within his franchise. And again, if I'm the NFL, I'm forcing Snyder to sell the team. Don't sit up here and give and give us some half-baked statement like they did on Friday saying, "Well, these matters reported are serious, disturbing, contrary to the NFL's values. Anyone in the NFL has the right to work in an environment free of all forms of harassment. The club, meaning the Redskins, pledged to give full cooperation to the investigator, and we expect the club and the employees to do so. We will meet with the attorneys. Don't get, don't give me that. Don't. I did it. I don't want a weak, half-baked, quote-unquote, politically correct statement of what everyone wants to hear. Okay? Do something about it. Do something about it. Don't just, you know, say, well, this will not be tolerated. Nonsense. Okay? You let even though Kraft's situation, he wasn't doing it related to the Patriots, but you but Kraft essentially got away scot free when he was when he was uh, using you when he basically had a bunch of his Asian prostitutes working down at a uh, at his local spa in uh, in uh, West Palm Beach, Boca Raton, wherever it was. You let you let him off scot free, even though he was unrelated to the team, but you, you let Kraft off. Snyder is running is using your NFL franchise to do this. Not to mention the people within his inner circle and people that work for the Redskins are are also sexually harassing female Redskins employees. That's unacceptable and that's a disgrace. So again, if you're NFL, you can save me with your little weak, corny little statement to make yourself look good. Do something about it. Do something about it. Don't sit up here. Well, Snyder will be will be fined. Finding billionaires does nothing. It solves nothing. What are you, you going to find up? What are you going to find him? A million dollars? Big whoop. Finding him does nothing. You know what? You know what does something? You force him to sell the freaking team because this nonsense should not be tolerated. 
And I know the argument, well, he people don't like him. He's, he's a target conservative. To hell with all the conservative. Leave, the, leave what he thinks politically out of this. This has nothing to do with Dan Snyder having his franchise involved with sexual harassment involving the employees that work for the team. I could give a crap if Dan Snyder votes Trump, Biden, Hillary, uh, Richard Nixon, Kanye. I don't care. The NFL must send a message to every single one of their franchises that this behavior and this crap that goes on in within these NFL teams will not repeat, not be tolerated. And you know how you send a message? You put your foot down and you... And you put your foot down and say, this is a disgrace. This has gone far enough. Snyder, get out and sell the team. Because Lord knows he's been a crappy owner. The team has not done a freaking thing since he's been the owner. The, the, the team stinks. They go through head coaches left and right. They, they have a bunch of fluky winning seasons, and then they are back to the basement of the NFC East. They had the controversy with the name, and then they have sexual harassment cases. This should not be tolerated. If the NFL really, really, really wants to show me teeth and really wants to prove that with with these players, with domestic violence will not be tolerated, the rape with their NFL players will not be tolerated, and you will not sexually harass the female employees that work for our 32 teams. If the NFL really, 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 really wants to show me teeth, you, you know what? You scrap the stupid statement like they gave out on Friday, and you know, this has gone far enough, and this ends now. Snyder, shut up, sell the team, you got a week. If you really want to show me teeth, if you really, really, really want to show me teeth, Snyder sell the team. And every single uh, f- uh, female television, personality television host that works for ESPN, NFL Network, NBC, CBS, Fox, get on your soapbox and scream loud and Scream loud and proud and say you know, and call the and I know they're scared you know to call out certain people so they won't get them on this show and get the inter- interviews. Throw all of that crap out, please. Because if it's really about doing the right thing and getting justice and and putting a stop to this foolishness, to hell with 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 getting Roger Goodell to do a to do a five minute interview or Dan Snyder or anybody else with the Redskins. At this point, you sh- you sh- you should have the attitude of not giving a crap whether they come on your show again because it needs to be said. Goodell, Goodell, Snyder, everybody, have the guts and have the courage to throw Snyder off. Snyder, you should do what's right and say, you know what. It's the organization has done absolutely nothing since I've been the owner. The controversy with the name, everything, it's time for me to go. And if I'm Goodell and if I'm the NFL, do not fart around with this. Get Dan Snyder out right now. If you are really, really, really serious and want to prove to the world that you are that you will not tolerate this sexual harassment nonsense and teams pipping out cheerleaders and taking stupid naked photo shoots in the in the in the middle of the Caribbean, you know what? Tell Snyder you got you got a week. Sell the sell the freaking team. It's ridiculous. 
Okay? It's not that difficult. If you are really serious and you want to show me teeth, tell Snyder to get the hell out of Washington, D.C. Get him out! I'm sitting, I'm sitting up here reading, reading, uh, reading text messages. L listen to this. I'm sitting here reading text, me text messages of, uh, here, here, you want to hear uh, from Richard Mann to a former Redskins employee. Here it is. Okay, She's, this is what she texted. Bring me food. I hurt. Ha ha. He said, okay, you want Jimmy John's? She said, OMG, I love the beach club. If you, if you bring that, I want to squeeze your butt. Deal. She says, um, no, LOL. He said, LOL. There's like 15 places within within a mile from where you are. She said, I don't want to get out of bed. He said, oh, I see. I suppose I can deliver. It's kind of far AF, though. Do you tip the food delivery guy? You, you cannot have this within, within an NFL organization. You can't have this. Saying, 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 I'll, you know, here is another one. You, the guy says, you are very demanding. Ha ha, I'm hungry, she says. Was supposed to have family lunch, but granddad couldn't get out of his neighborhood. He says, that sucks. I'm squeezing your, your ass. Sorry, LOL. You, you can't have that. She says, no. He says, it's not a, it's not even a big deal. It's like innocent. You, you can't have that within an NFL organization and then say, well, women supporting this and, and you know, we're, we're feminism and, and, and women and, you know, women can have all the rights. You can't have it. You, you can't. You cannot have this hypocrisy. They ran. They ran that dopey Katie Sowers, the assistant uh, offensive Forty uh, uh, ers coach, surface commercial on the loop. Thirty thousand guys are in the playoffs. On the loop. On the loop. On the loop. Women can coach. They can do this, which I'm all for. But you can't sit up here and say, "Well, you're for this and for that." But yet, when an NFL team is out there pimping its cheerleaders and reading these dirty juvenile text messages and sending them to their females employees, I don't want to hear the NFL talk. Talking talking about women aren't equal because obviously they're not. You cannot have it both ways. You can't have that Katie Sowers commercial on the loop, and yet I'm sitting up here reading a news story of how of how of how these probably these creepy old middle aged men are hitting on thirty five year old women that work for the that work for the Redskins franchise. And again, Goodell, don't take six months. Get it done. Quit, quit thought. And in in between, you sending out a, uh, a a health protocol and sending out all the health stuff, getting the players situated because you've dropped the ball on that, getting them squared away because training camp is right around the corner and and they have no health and safety protocol to go off of yet. In between that, you know what? Don't take six months and don't sit up here and fart around so the Jai Shields of the world come middle of September if we're so blessed enough to have football, we'll forget about it. Don't take forever. Get it done now. Snyder, out. Sell the team. Out. Get them out. And send a message to every single one of your franchises that includes Robert and Jonathan Kraft in New England that this behavior won't be tolerated. Don't give me a half-baked statement. No, enough. Get him out now.
I got an NFL team that basically, I got an owner of an NFL team with Roselle, Lombardi, Curly Lambeau, George Hallis, Hallis, Wellington and Tim Mara, Paul Brown, Art Rooney, Art Modell, Art Al Davis, Clark Hunt, and I get Jet Jack Kent Cook. And I got an owner of an NFL team basically using his asset so he and his middle-aged rich buddies can get their jollies off. And I don't want no stupid fine. Get him out. Get him out. And you can't sit up there and say... And and, and 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 be you know women's rights and equal. You can't sit up here and say that in, in in one breath, and then turn around and basically throw these fifteen women to, to the to the wolves. You can't. You cannot have it both ways. Because you're talking on the both sides of your mouth. Well, your words are saying one thing, but your actions are saying another. You can't. Give me, give me that Katie Sowers commercial on the loop, on the loop, on the loop. Yet fifteen women are just free to get sexually harassed, but but yet we're we're, we're, we're pro women and women are equal and all that sort of stuff. So you, NFL, you can save me with your stupid statement. Red Skins, you can save me with your stupid statement. Goodell, do not take six months. I want Daniel Snyder to sell the Washington NFL football team immediately. Put an end to it. Now. And I had Bruce Allen. Well, you know the culture. I'll play it for you. So when he got asked when he got asked about the Washington football. Well, the culture. It was like, I'll, I, listen, listen to this. Listen. Culture is actually damn good. You know, the culture is actually damn good. Really, the the culture the culture is that great, Alan. The the culture is that great. Really, Daniel sell a team, and Goodell don't take forever. Get it done now. Take a break. I'm gonna tell like a TIS podcast.
Welcome back to the Amatel Like a TIS podcast. Staying with the NFL, but switching gears now to contracts and player involvements and everything else. Um, I've avoided this for as long as 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 long as I possibly could, because again, we don't we're not even sure if we're going to have a football season, and I, I can't take talking Cowboys twenty four seven. It it makes me sick. But because there's nothing else in the sports world to basically talk about, I'll just bring it up and get it on out the way. Um, Dak Prescott, quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, had there's been long there's been um, long confusion and back and forth between Prescott and the Cowboys of getting a contract extension for the last whatever it might be nine months or so, whatever, and uh, they could not uh, agree on a contract on an extension for Prescott. So by rule, the Cowboys placed a franchise tag on uh, Prescott on March 16th, uh, worth $31.4 million, and he signed the tender on, uh, and he signed the tender, uh, and it had to agree to it within the last uh, couple of days. So the Dak Prescott gets the franchise tag um, placed on him. Uh, a couple of uh, a couple of uh, days from now, which puts him in line to be a free agent. I think, yeah, who who will be a free agent after the uh, 2020 uh, season? So they failed to reach a long-term contract, and he will be the Cowboys' quarterback for at least one more season if we have a 2020 NFL season. But the but the point I'm gonna make is that listen, and I think I brought this up, I brought this up with uh, Jacob I think uh, when we had uh, him on um, back in April April maybe whenever it was, and I th- and we also had this contract stuff. With, no, that was with Zeke. Uh, but I talked about this with uh, Jacob Bubulabasis back when we had him on. Um, a few months ago, about that, simply Dak Prescott is not worth uh, is not worth uh, essentially uh, he he he's if, to say that he's worth Patrick Mahomes' money is blasphemous. That he's not worth Aaron Rodgers' money. He's not Russell Wilson' money. He's not Tom Brady' money. He you know he's he's a middle of the pack. He's a middle of the pack middle of the pack quarterback. You know he, he he's okay. You know he can he can he can win you a couple games. But the, but the thing with Dak Prescott is, and I brought this up last summer with Zeke's contract. The thing with Dak is is that Dak has, is not the quarterback where he, with no weapons he can go down the field put the team on his back a la Carson Wentz and win big time football games like Carson Wentz did last uh, last winter. Dak Prescott is not like that. You have to give Dak Prescott best running backs in football in Ezekiel Elliott, a wide receiver that's revamped his career in Amari Cooper. You have to trade for him. And then on top of that, you also have to go in the draft and you have to go in the draft and draft CeeDee Lamb. 
and you and you have to and you have to build a you have to build excellent talent around Dak in order for him to succeed. Dak Prescott, if you put Dak Prescott on the Philadelphia Eagles that were that were especially at the wide receiver position were injured down to the bone to the point where they have to put practice guys out there on the field on Sunday, the Eagles are not winning the division and ending the season nine and seven. You put Dak Prescott on the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles are not making the playoffs. Okay? So, and I don't want to hear any of this nonsense that, well, Dak's not better than Carson Wentz. He is, or Dak is, or excuse me, Dak is better than Carson Wentz. Dak is not better than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz proved that he was better than Dak. Go watch the Week 17 game. Go watch the, go watch Week 17. Okay? Or week 16, I apologize. Go watch the week 16 game the Sunday before Christmas with division on the line and the Eagles wide receiving court injured to a injured to a thread. And Dak Prescott went down the field. Excuse me. Carson Wentz went down the field and made the key play that needed to be made for the Eagles to win that football game. Go watch that week 16 game. Go go watch that week sixteen game. Go watch it. Okay, that in that week sixteen game, the Dallas Cowboys couldn't even score double digits against them. The final score was nine to seventeen. In case you forgot, and Dallas was favored. Minus two and a half. And Dak Prescott with the chance to put his team with, and I, and I, and I remember up here in front of this microphone saying this. I, I said it on this show. I said it to Mad Dog Russo. And I said it to Adam Shine. I, I, told, I said it on this show and I said it on their shows. When it comes down to talent. On the field, talent and roster up and down, the Cowboys have the advantage. Granted, Wentz is the better quarterback, but who did Wentz have have to work with? Prescott had Cooper and Zeke. You were they were favored minus two and a half, and they lost the game seventeen to nine. And I know Amari Cooper wasn't on the field because of classic Jason Garrett coaching, but when when the game was in his hands for him to, to for him to put his team on his back and bring him home, he did not do that. He did not. He was not, he was not great on the road. Not great. Okay, he was he was he was he was not great on the road. They went eight. They guys. They went eight. In case you forgot, the Cowboys went eight and eight for a reason. Okay. Prescott is not worth uh he's not worth Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh Russell Wilson money. Jared Goff money, and Jared Goff doesn't even deserve the money he's getting either. Okay? It's just you 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 cannot do it. Okay? They lost on the road to the to the Saints, the Jets, the Patriots, the Bears, and the Eagles. In the Patriots and Eagles game, granted he has an incompetent coach, but the 
but the Patriots and the Eagles game, the game was in his hands for him to win, and he did not come through. Okay? If you're a great quarterback, the great quarterback, you know, tells Jason Garrett, what are we doing kicking a field goal, you know, with uh, you know, with less than five minutes left and we're on their goal line in a low-scoring game, you know what, let, let me do this. I'm going to bring my team home and get them a touchdown and, so we can go out in front here. Great quarterbacks do that. Quarterbacks that are worth 60, 60 plus million dollars, or is that that they do that. Dak Prescott did not do that. He did not bring his team home in the Patriot game, and he did not bring his team home in the Eagle game. And he was favored in the Eagle game. In the Eagle game, the Eagles had two advantages, better quarterback and a better coach. That's it. Roster top to bottom, the Cowboys had the advantage, and he didn't, and he didn't even bring his team to within 13 points. And that Eagle defense wasn't, you know, it wasn't the, uh, it wasn't exactly their, uh, you know, their 2017 defense either. He's 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 middle of the pack. He's he's okay. He's 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 okay, but he's not great. But he's not terrible. He's okay. Right, he's right. He's right in the middle, middle of the pack kind of guy. Is he better than Breeze? He is not. Is he better than Rodgers? He is not. Is he better than Brady? He is not. Is he better than Wilson? He is not. Is he better than Wentz? He is not. Is he better than Lamar Jackson? He is not. Is he better than? Uh, is he better than? Uh, um, uh, shoot, Patrick Mahomes. He is not. Is he better than uh, Baker Mayfield? You can I I I'd take Baker over. Uh, I'd take well, you Baker at the toss up. But I just counted about seven eight quarterbacks on the on the, on my hands that are better than Dak. Okay. Better than Brady? No. A healthy Cam Newton. Is he better than a healthy Cam Newton? He is not. Is he better than... Um, is he better than... Uh, let's see. Give you a... Uh, is, he, is he better than Cousins? He is not. He's not better than Kirk Cousins. He's not better than Rodgers. He's not better than Breeze. He's not better than Alfie Cam Newton. He's not better than Brady. He's not better than Lamar Jackson. He's not better than Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, he's not in, in a healthy Ben Roethlisberger in his hey, He's not better than him either. He's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback. And I do not blame the Cowboys one bit for, give, for not giving him the big contract. Because, quite frankly... I know it's the position that he plays, which is very, which is vital, and why you know you pay the quarterback the big money. But Dak Prescott, you take the fact that you take away the fact of the valuability of him playing the quarterback position. Dak Prescott is not worth the money that that he wants. I hate to break it to him, I hate to piss on his bonfire, but he isn't. Okay, he's a middle of the pack quarterback. He's okay. He's not bad, but he's not off the charts great either. Okay, and it wasn't, and he's won one playoff game in his life. He got unlucky with the Packer game in 2016, and in and he played decent against the Rams, but the Eagle game sticks out the most, especially 
the Patriot game as well, and I get that was a good defense, but the Patriot game sticks out as well back in November before Thanksgiving. And he didn't play all that, and he wasn't all that great against uh, against Buffalo at home on Thanksgiving either. I mean, they I mean they lost the Buffalo twenty six fifteen. I mean the the Buffalo Bills of all teams, and he and he didn't even and he didn't even bother to put up uh, he didn't even bother to put up seventeen points. Okay, against the Buffalo Bills. Let's let's uh let's let's call it like we see it here. The Patriot game sticks out. The the Patriot game sticks out. The Eagle game definitely sticks out. The the Bills game, granted he threw three hundred and fifty five passing yards, but that's garbage time numbers. He turned over the football, which which you cannot do and expect to win football games. His offense was in a rut. Was in a rut that entire game. He he just does not deserve the big money because, quite frankly, he's just not that good. I don't care what my man Jacob says. I don't care what Skip says. I don't care what any cowboy apologist or Dak Prescott fan has to say. He just isn't worth that much. He's a quarterback that's only good, and he is only as great as he as the talent around him. He's not the quarterback that can work with little to nothing, put the team on his back, and and ham and egg their way to a nine and seven division title, a la Carson Wentz, for a perfect example. The Bill game, the Patriot game, the Eagle game. He didn't bring his team home, and all three of those games were big football games that they needed to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. And the and the Eagle game that was, that was for all the marbles. And it wasn't like he was, and it wasn't like he was uh, Roger Staubach, or or Troy Aikman in, in the in the one playoff win he did have against the Seahawks. If the Seahawks didn't shoot themselves in the foot nine million times with the stupid asinine play calling of Brian Schottenheimer, their offensive coordinator, the Seahawks should have won that game. But I don't blame Jerry, and I don't I don't blame Jerry and the boys for not paying Dak because he's only good at the talent around him. He's not. He's not. He's not worth the Tom Brady. He's not worth the Tom Brady Aaron Rodgers money. He's not even worth. He's not worth golf money. But he's better than golf. Golf is stupidly overpaid. So that's album number one. Album number two. Derrick Henry and the Titans reached a four-year, fifty million dollar extension. So he will be trucking and basically blowing people's brains out, uh, running the football for the uh, Titans for the next uh, four NFL seasons. Um, you know they gave uh, they gave Tannehill that uh, they gave Tannehill an extension. So they uh, so they took care of the quarterback and it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do in Mariota, because they already get put it out there that Tannehill is their guy. Um, but they give Derrick Henry that extension. Of course, Derrick Henry, uh, that uh, six foot, that six foot uh, plus tall running back for the Tennessee Titans that ran the Ravens out of M&T Bank Stadium back in January, if you remember correctly, and who also put a hurting on the New England Patriots the week before on his birthday. Uh, as well, and also threw a, a jump a touchdown pass against the Ravens in that playoff game too, a la uh, old Tim Tebow back in Florida. So that is your NFL 
I guess, news and information, I guess. Take a break and I will come and I will come back and I will give you my thoughts on the NFL as far as their players are concerned with reporting the training camp and my season predictions coming up later in the program. We'll be back with the Amatelic TIS podcast right after this. To the Amatel like a TIS podcast. Switching gears now and give you my thoughts as uh, this little tidbit of NFL news has broke. Not broke, but you know, something to keep an eye on the last couple of days. JJ Watt tweeted the other day of how how he feels and what he and what he and all the NFL players know and don't know regarding uh, players reporting to training camp with the rookies. Uh, they report the training camp tomorrow. All the other veterans will report at later dates. Uh, excuse me, in the week. And this is what he tweeted out at the time I'm recording this three hours ago. He said, we want to play, we want to be as safe as possible. The NFL can mandate that players show up to training camp regardless if any agreement has been reached between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. Uh, we have not been granted the, f- the full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staffs. We still do not know if there'll be daily testing or testing every other, every other day, excuse me. We do not know if there will be training preseason games or not. The players want no preseason. The NFL shortened it down to two. Um, we will still we still do not know how a positive COVID test will be handled in regards to others in close contact. A strong and fair opt out clause for those at a higher risk and with family members at higher risk has not been agreed upon. If players do not show up on time, they can be fined or considered a breach of contract. If even if health and safety protocols have not been agreed upon or IDER, infectious disease emergency response plans have been approved. Last thing we want to play, and just like with the with the MLB players, with the tells where and when, the NFL players have started this hashtag we want to play uh, thing. So, and I'm a typical, and with this one, I'm a lay, you know, I'm on the player side with this one. My only point to the players is that, A, if I was them, I would not be comfortable nor confident in playing football during a pandemic because unlike baseball where it's a socially distanced sport unless you're either at home plate you're the catcher or the hitter or you're on base but even then you you know you're not standing directly on the base you're taking some sort some form of some sort of a lead you know outside of the duck out really outside of being within the dugout 
baseball is a socially distant sport, you know. Even when you're in home plate, it's not like that you're breathing on top of each other. Your head, the catcher, the umpire, and the hitter's head is both facing toward forward, so it's not like you're breathing on each other. And and even with the football, and even with the umpire, you know, behind the catcher, he's not breathing in the catcher's face. He's breathing on the catcher, but not in his face, which I guess you can say is a little bit better. Not to mention, and I saw this because the because the Yankees and the Mets were playing an exhibition game last night. Uh, the home plate umpire had a he had a mask on, and the majority of the play and the majority of the people you know the coaches and the players on the bench with the Yankees had a mask on Clint Frazier also wore a mask and I and they put shots on the uh on the Mets bullpen and they were wearing a mask so you know baseball baseball you can do it baseball you you can you can play during you know during COVID you you can do it it's possible to do if you take all the proper safety precautions and if and if if and if you strongly advise your players to wear a mask you can do it same thing with golf golf is a socially distant sport anyway the only people you have to interact with really is your caddy. And as long as your caddy and yourself are clean and you basically sterilize everything, you won't have a problem with that. They played that American Century Championship in Lake Tahoe with, you know, with, with uh, Mahomes, Kelsey, and every former athlete slash celebrity known to man. They went through with that last weekend, no problem. Uh, golf, you can do it. Uh, tennis would be a little bit difficult, but you can also but you can do it in tennis too. Um uh, you know, soccer, they've been able to do it with soccer. Um, so it's, uh, you know, soccer, you're, even though you're on top of each other when you get in the ball and there's a lot of players on the field at the, on the pitch at the same time, but you're spread out when you're on the soccer field unless you have the ball and you're, you know, of course you're being swarmed by other players trying to get the ball. Hockey, hockey, you can, hockey, you can, uh, do it. I mean, Skating, you're constantly moving, so it's a cardio test. And wearing a mask while you know skating nonstop for people that may get short-winded and don't have good stamina and good lungs, you know, wearing a mask to prevent from passing out probably wouldn't be the uh, or wearing a mask and with with risking the risk of passing out. But hockey, you can wear the mask. You know, the with the uh, you know because if you're not a goalie, the mask only shields your eyes and covers your head, and your mask you know and your mask uh, covers over and protects your mouth. Hockey, of course, you're not you know the if the play is happening on one side of the ice, uh, the other hockey the other goalie on the other side of the ice, there's there's nobody near him. So I mean, hockey you can do it. Uh, granted, you're on top of each other and everything else, but. You know, if they if they if they could basically either force every hockey player to wear a mask or make a special hockey helmet with a mask on it that they can that they can like breathe like like one like if they have like those um like those oxygen masks or whatever you, you could do it in hockey. You know, keep the make sure the refs have masks on. You so you can even do it in hockey and they're on top of each other. Basketball, you you. It wouldn't be wise to wear a mask because you're running up and down the court every single time. But the but the but the infection rate with a basketball team is less. A because the NBA teams are in a bubble for one, and two, it's the least amount of people. You only got like what twelve, thirteen at the most, fifteen guys on a roster, a couple of coaches, and and th- and three refs. That's it. You know, so it's so you can you can 
play sports, those sports that I brought up, tennis, golf, soccer, hockey, basketball, and baseball, you can play that throughout a pandemic. You know, it requires a little work. You got to jump through a couple of hoops and you kind of have to go around the mulberry bush to basically do your best to avoid the virus. But you can function with those sports during, during this pandemic. Football, on the other hand, you can't, especially during training camp. On a regular football roster, it's 53 guys, which with the infection rate already, it's the most guys on the roster out of all the sports, 53 guys. No other football, it, it, has, the, it has the biggest team roster. NFL, 53 guys. College, college is even bigger. Colleges, their rosters are even bigger. And, and, and it's not like all the other sports you can play in the bubble because you got to because you have to travel. You can't have a basically what five hundred NFL players sequestered. You you can't do it that way. So they can't play in a bubble. They got the most players on on the team rosters out of all the other sports. Fifty three guys, and when you're beginning training camp, is what ninety is what ninety something guys. So it's so it's 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 double that. It's nearly double that. Not to mention, you got plenty of you got trainers, assistant trainers, therapists, team doctor. You got head coach, assistant head coach, offensive and defensive coordinator, special teams coordinator, secondary coach, lineman coach, offensive lineman, defensive lineman coach, linebackers coach, secondary coach, tight ends coach, quarterback coach, running back coach, wide receiver coach, cornerback uh, coach. You got you got a billion coaches, you and the rosters are humongous, and then you also got plenty of uh, of uh, support staff because because it's football. So even though I'm on the player side on this, I'm also looking at this like, yeah, man, I understand you guys need the money. You got a short when um, uh, a short period of time to make your money, because I'm more of I'm more of a pro player. Especially when it comes to football, because the con because the contracts aren't guaranteed. Baseball, baseball contracts are not to mention football. You get played a lot cheaper money compared to baseball, and football is the is a more dangerous sport than baseball. So I can't cry a river for the guy that's making you know over a hundred twenty something million dollars to play baseball, which doesn't even come in the ballpark as being as dangerous and as physical and potentially life-threatening as football is. And plus, they make less money, and the shelf life of being a football player is shorter than being a baseball player. So I'm on the player's side with this. My point is that, is it really worth it, you know? The constant huddles, you're going to be, sur- you're going to be breathing, sweating, and bleeding on each other nonstop. Going to be on top of each other, you know. It's it's not a socially distant sport. You're on top of each other, tackling. You're on top of each other in the huddle. You know, we when the linemen are at the line, they're they're breathing right in each other's faces. Same wide receiver, cornerback, same thing. When you tackle them, you can't social distance. You got to be right on top of them. The players all bunched up and jumbled up, standing together on the sideline. It's 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 not a socially distant sport. So as much as it would kill me and as much as it would pain me for us not to have a football season, and you know me, I, I, I love football. I, shoot, the, the, you all get a kick out of this podcast the most. Y'all who listen, y'all get a kick out of it the most. More people listen when it's the football season. 
So, I, you, you know me, I love football. To you, and you don't think I'd love seeing how Joe Burrow and the Bengals would do with a healthy A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, and, uh, and T. Higgins, the wide receiver out of Clemson? I, I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth for the Bengals to start playing. But I'm also realistic and I also have, rea- have a reality check and know a sense of reality that as piss poor a job as this country, and it has been piss poor, this country, this country and the states and the state governments and the federal governments and the local and the city municipal governments collectively, for the most part, have done a piss poor job at handling this virus. And if we don't have a football season, which part of me thinks that we won't, we will have no one to blame but ourselves for that. And if I'm, you know, and I get it, you're young, you're this and you're that, but do you really want to risk going out and playing football in the midst of a pandemic? You know, it's not it's not a socially distanced sport. And granted, you know, these guys, you know, granted these guys, the immunity is good and they might not die and everything else. But is it but is it worth the risk and is it worth the chance? You can catch it within your teammates you can, you know, what are you going to do? Have guys basically one at a time taking a shower? You know, it's 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 a mess. You can't play in the bubble. You have to travel. So you just aren't, it's not, you can't physical distance within the sport of football. On the field, off the field, traveling, you just can't do it. In the media room, in the weight room, you can't do it. It's, 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 it's near impossible to do it. And a few of these football players probably don't have the greatest hygiene in the world. No, fool around, you know, urinate, not wash their hands, not wash hands before they eat, put their fingers in, you know, with with the mouthpiece, they'll touch, they'll put their hands on the physical mouthpiece and put it back in their mouth and then put it and set it on their helmet that's been, you know, it's been all over the turf, been all over the ground, and everyone else's sweaty, nasty, icky helmets. It's just... I do not see, and it's not just the NFL, I don't see how college will have an NFL season, and I don't see how high schools all across America will have a football season. You know, the the local, uh, you know, the local uh, Maryland private schools uh, sports league, the MIAA, you know, postponed the start of the fall season till, till the beginning of September. Like, what what's going to change between mid-August and the beginning of September? If anything, it's going to get worse. Why not just, we don't have a vaccine yet. The curve across the board, as far as a nation is concerned, has not been flattened because, and I understand, and I've, I perfectly understand people, it being the summertime, they want to get out and they want to do things. But at the state of the country and where we are right now, it ain't wise to do it. And if you want a football season, and if you basically want this virus to be over sooner rather than later, you got to bite the bullet, swallow your pride, and hunker down to flatten this curve. You know, you got you got these stubborn childish idiots out there that throw fits like three year olds because how de- because because it's a sacrilege for them to wear a mask when they go into public places. And I got you know, this is America and you don't have to and I gotta hear all this all this other uh crazy BS. So you got people that act like well, they act like school children because someone tells them to wear a mask for their own and everyone else's own benefit. You got the same group of people that, that for whatever the reason, are stuck, you know, that, that's head who's on planet Mars or somewhere in the toilet in the sand or whatever that think this thing is a hoax. And then you have people that can't hunker down, that, you know, go to the beach and 
and go to to places with huge massive crowds when there's still a pandemic going on risking getting sick and everything else people going to the stores not you know wearing a mask and everything else i mean it's 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 it's, it's a mess you know and that and then you at the beginning of training camp with football it's not a socially distant sport you had 90 plus guys in there at the beginning of training camp you're on top of each other in the auto. You're on top of each other doing drills. You're on top of each other when you're running plays. It's a mess in the in the in the weight room where you film study. You can't do it, and, and it's not the sport that you can play in the bubble out of the NBA, the NHL. You got to travel. So, um, for the players with this, the NFL's done a terrible job wasting all this time. I don't know what they've been doing, but and I'm pro player with this. But at the same time, the players have to. I I am baffled by the by the fact that the players actually want to go out there and, and risk it by by playing. I understand for the fans and everything else, and I appreciate them for it. And I, and I also understand that they have a job to do, and that's their livelihood. But it, it's it's football, and it's it's not baseball or golf. You know you. You're you're on top and you're next to people and you're on pe- and breathing on people, nonstop hour upon hour upon hour. Sweating, bleeding all over each other and everything else. Russell and then Russell Wilson says, "Well, I want to play. My wife was pregnant. We haven't heard anything." I'm like, "Well, uh, Russell, really?" So. I, I I don't see how we're going to have a football season in general, college, NFL, or high school. I I just I just don't see it. And as much as it would kill me to have a fall and an early winter without football, it it's 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 a it's a definite possibility. It's it's a likely possibility, because this country as a whole, from the from the federal government on down, has collectively done a piss poor job with handling this virus. On top of the fact of the American citizens, you know the, you know these Karens and these Kens out there that that throw hissy fits like three year olds, because they don't want to wear a mask, and then you have these other idiots that think the whole thing is a freaking hoax, hoax, while there are people dropping like flies, dying left and right, and then and then you also have the people that think it's business as usual, and party and go to the club and go to the beach like it's business as usual exposing themselves so I I'm a pro player on this but if I don't think it's worth it Russell Wilson especially who's a smart guy and who's a bright guy who I like but someone should uh, speak some sense in the Russell Wilson that it wouldn't exactly be wise for you to, to partake in a football season this year with a pandemic going on uh with a with a, with this pandemic still ongoing, no vaccine, no cure, with ninety plus guys at the beginning of training camp on top of each other constantly, you're the quarterback, so you're the, like next to Pete Carroll, you're you you are running the show from an offensive standpoint. You you're raising young kids enough, you know he's not. You know he's not. You know he's doesn't have uh, 16, 17, 18 year olds. He's raising he's raising kids in elementary school. Not to mention his wife is pregnant with babies with with a baby on the way. Pretty much close to pretty much close to giving giving birth to their what will be their second kid between Sierra and Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson wants to play. 
I, I mean, I love Russell Wilson. I, 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 I love is a little strong, but uh, I like Russell Wilson. I'm a Russell Wilson guy, but someone should talk some sense into him and say, Russ, you playing with this pandemic going on, being on top of each other, and then coming home to your pregnant wife and, uh, and your young kids is not exactly... Uh, it's not. It's not the wisest decision, and someone within Russ Wilson's inner circle should to, should tell Russ to if they are going to go through this football season. I suggest you. It 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 hurts your team if they if we were lucky enough to have a season. But if I were you, Russ, I would not play. I would not play. I would not risk it. I mean, I got players who play us who play possibly the most physical distance. Team sport of them all in baseball, and I got players who all who aren't even going to bother to risk it, who play baseball, and aren't are not going and are not going to bother to risk it. Mike Trout is half in, half out because he because he's got a wife that's pregnant. But but again, he plays baseball and. You have to do a little work, but you can physically distance and do your best with baseball. Football, you're on top of each other constantly. So if I'm within Russ Wilson's inner circle, I'm saying, Russ, it wouldn't be the brightest idea to go ahead and play when you have young kids and your wife is pregnant with another child. I'm just saying. And And overall, I just don't think that we'll have a football season to begin with. High school, college, or pro. I just don't see it. it. And it would kill me to go through a fall and an early winter without it. But but with the set of circumstances, you have to look at that as a possible reality. But, but, I'm, but I'm on the player side 100%. NFL, you know, get going, quit wasting time. Get this health and health uh, protocols situated with the players and the players association and get Dan Snyder out of Washington back after this. Welcome back to the I'm Until Like a T.I.S. podcast. Well, it's been, what, three months coming? Uh, I would have given them to you back in late March, but 
because of a thing called a coronavirus pandemic postponing the MLB season and then the bickering back and forth between both sides and when and where and the pro-rated pro salaries on that nonsense. All that's over and all that's behind us. Because on Thursday, July 23rd, it will be opening night and on Friday, July 24th, will be 2020 MLB opening day. It is time right here, right now, for your 2020 Major League Baseball 100th and 51st season of the sport and of the league. It is time for your 2020 MLB season predictions. You know how I do it. Division, uh, how the divisions will go. Who will finish first? Who will finish last? Wild card. Predict the playoffs. Predict AL. Predict Cy Youngs. Predict MVPs. Predict the wild card game. Predict the champion. Predict the LCSs. Predict manager of the years. So without further ado, it is time for your 2020 MLB season predictions. Coming up first is your New York Yankees of the of the American League East. Uh, remember, it's East and East, Central and Central, West and West. I have the Yankees winning the division at 45 and 15. The Rays finishing second, getting the first getting the first wild card spot at 37 and 23. I will have the Toronto Blue Jays finishing at 530 and 30. In third place, the Boston Red Sox having lost Mookie Betts and fired Alex Cora. Uh, they will finish at 28 and 32. My Baltimore Orioles will finish 20 and 40 in last place. The American League Central, the Twins will win the division at 35 and 25. The Indians will get the second wild card spot at 31 and 29, finishing two games above 500. The White Sox will finish 25 and 35 in third place. The Royals in fourth place at 20 and 40. The Tigers, worst team, I think, will be in the American League at 15 and 45. The American League West, the Astros with Dusty Baker. They'll do fine in the regular season. They'll finish 37 and 23, win the division. Angels and A's will go even 500, 30 and 30. Mariners, 29 and 31 in, in fourth place. Rangers will finish in last at 25 and 35. The American League wildcard game will be, will be between the Indians and the Rays. Rays win that game, will go up against the Yankees with the best record in the American League, and the Yankees will win that series in four games. And the Twins and the Astros it will be in the American League ALDS. Um, will be in the American League Divisional Series, excuse me. Astros will win in three games. They'll sweep uh, because the Twins are just, they, they love choking in the playoffs, and the Astros will be pissed off, you know, cheating and everything else. And the Twins will be an easy pickings for the Astros. So, in case you missed the Indians, Rays in a wild card game. Rays will beat the Indians. Rays will go on to play division rival Yankees. Yankees will win in four games. Twins and Astros in the other American League Divisional Series. 
Astros for sweeping three to set up the ALCS between the Astros and the Yankees. Uh, re, uh, you know, the third ALCS, third year, excuse me, the, uh, the third time in four years, the ALCS will be the Astros and the Yankees. They went up against each other in 17 and in 19. Astros won both times. The Yankees' third time will be the charm. They will get the revenge with the Astros and the banging of the trash cans and the cheating and everything else. The Yankees will take care of the Astros in five games and will go on to represent the American League in the World Series, making it to their first World Series in 11 years. Go over to the National League, National League East. Uh, I will have the Nationals, who did not win the division, the Braves did in 2019. I will have the Nationals winning the American, excuse me, winning the National League East with a record of 37 and 23. The Phillies, who should be m- much improved, I expect Bryce Harper to step up and rise to the occasion in the shortened season. They will finish only two games out of the division. Uh, Leading Nationals at 35 and 25. That would be, I predict, a tight race for the NL East with the Nationals and the Phillies. And Nationals, you know, you have that World Series hangover where they're still flying high, winning their first world championship in franchise history. But because of the pandemic, they've had just as much time off as everybody else. So there's no indifference with playing until the final days of October and starting in early March. They had the, they got the same amount of time off. Yes, losing Rendon to the Angels will hurt them in the lineup, but Soto was one hell of a talent, and they have that dynamic duo of starting pitching between Strasburg and uh, Kurt and uh, Scherzer. Excuse me. So the Nationals will do quite well. You know, they they say they're not going to reveal the uh, the uh, championship banner until the fans will be allowed back in the stadium. So they won't have that as a distraction. They already got their rings, so there won't be you know so there won't be any of that dramatic fanfare and and celebrating of last season and then refocusing them. They won't have that. So the Nationals will go 20 and with Soto in that lineup and the two great starting pitching, that'll be enough to get it done. And I think the Nationals will be hungry because it's such a shortened 60-game season. You know, it's hard to repeat in all sports, but it's especially difficult to repeat in baseball because so many things can happen in a 162-game season and you got to play another, what, 20, another you know, 12, 12 to 18 playoff games in order for you to re, in order for you to repeat. So that should be an Easter egg of where I'm going with my National League pick. I got the Nationals winning the division at 27 and 23, winning the division. Phillies wild card team at 35 and 25. Braves going, uh, Braves finishing in third third place, finishing above 500 at 32 and 28. The Mets will finish at an even 30 and 30 in fourth place. And the Marlins, who I think will be the worst team in baseball, playing against their own division, which is tough, not to mention the brutally tough AL East. They will finish at 10 and 50. Mets will finish at 530 and 30 in fourth place. Moving on to the Central, the Cardinals will finish 35 and 25 and win the division again. The Brewers, who made the who had the second wild card spot in the National League, will finish at 31 and 29. Cubs will finish at 500 first season with David Ross as manager. Um, will finish in third place, 30 and 30. And the Reds will finish in fourth place at 25 and 35 in fourth place with the Reds. Pirates will finish 20 and 40, um, and finishing last in the National League Central. 
West, excuse me, the yeah, the yeah, the National League West, the Dodgers win their division uh, quite easily. They'll go 50 and 10, best record in all of baseball according to my predictions. They will win their division for yet another year in a row. Padres, I believe with uh with Galvis and Manny Machado, I believe they will blossom there in San Diego. Hosmer, it, he he has no choice but to turn it around for them. And I believe the pot, and they also got that uh, young, that young fiery starting pitcher. Um, and I, I just got, I got a funny feeling about the Padres. Sixty game MLB season, and anything can happen. It's a sprint to the finish, and I think the Padres will make the playoffs for the first time in a long, long time. They will get, uh, they will get that uh, wild, they will get that uh, second wild card spot, and will be playing at Philadelphia for the National League wild card game and finish at thirty three and twenty seven. Rockies will finish 27 and 33. Diamondbacks 25 and 35. Giants will finish in last 21 and 39 with Gabe Kapler first year in San Francisco. And no Posey and Posey who recently announced that he will not play because he adopted uh, two uh, premature uh, two uh, premature twins. So and you know with the Giants, there's no shame in that. Their dynasty has come to a close and now in the in the painful rebuilding process. So, and that is your standings for uh, for the National League and American League. I mentioned wildcard game. Padres, I believe, will be at Philadelphia for that wildcard game if we are so fortunate to finish the MLB season. Uh, the NLDS will be Phillies and Dodgers. I have the Dodgers winning in a clean sweep. Uh, so, you know, it's a bit of retribution to losing to the Nationals, which they did. Uh, in a game five back in October, and then I have the Cardinals and the Nationals. A rematch of the NLCS will be the NLDS, and the Nationals, I believe, will take the Cardinals five games and will win in the and will win the series in five games. Uh, NLCS will be Dodgers and Nationals, a rematch of last year's NLDS, and because the Dodgers cannot stop choking, and because Clayton Kershaw. It's just a string of, I don't know what it is, but he's just not a, a, a great postseason pitcher. And it will come back to bite him again. And I will believe that with the 60-game season, which does help the Nationals, it will pro- help propel the Nationals to repeating as National League champions and will beat the Dodgers in seven in the 2020 NLCS. So that sets up the stage for the 2020 World Series, and you will have essentially the game that starts the MLB season will be the two teams that will end the MLB season between the Washington Nationals, your 2019 World Series champions against the New York Yankees that have not been and also won a World Series since 2009. And it is very, and like I said, it's very, very, very extremely difficult to repeat in all sports, but especially in baseball. But I think, you know, with uh, the Yankees have gone through a lot, you know, Stanton hasn't necessarily been the guy that they've hoped for. They missed out on getting Harper, Trout, and Machado. Uh, Judge, hopefully he can still stay healthy. But they gave Garrett Cole they they gave Garrett Cole a whole lot of money. They lost Batances to the crosstown rival Mets. But if they got Chapman sitting there, they got Cole, and they, and if DJ LeMahieu repeats a fantastic season like he had in 2019, Yankees would be a okay. 
And also, you know, 11 years is a long time for the New York Yankees in between uh, championships. You know, 11 years for the Yankees is like, you know, it's, it's 25 years for the, for every other, you know, is 11 years for the Yankees is like 30 years for any, for any, for any other uh, franchise. They've had to watch the Red Sox, who's pretty much kicked the Yankees, you know what, uh, essentially since the 2000, essentially since the Yankees blew that lead in the 04 ALCS, they've had to watch the Red Sox celebrate in 04, 2007, 2013, and then the, uh, quite recently in 2018. And I just think that it will, it will kill me to, to watch this, but I think that 2020 with the shortened, with the shortened 60 game season, it will be the Yankees time. And the Yankees will be your 2020 MLB champions and will beat the defending champion Nationals in five games. My awards predictions, the American League Cy Young, uh, I will give it to Garrett Cole, who signed that huge contract with the New York Yankees back back this past winter. He will be a key component in why the Yankees, I believe, will win the World Series. I give him the American League uh, Cy Young Award. I will give Steven Strasburg, who was uh, this past World Series MVP, the uh, National League Cy Young Award winner. He will be a big part and a big reason why the Nationals, I think, will repeat as National League champions and will make it back-to-back World Series appearances for that young franchise. American League MVP, Judge and Stanton, I think, will be very spotty, but I think DJ LeMayhew will uh, will boom and will hit the cover off the ball like he did in 2019. I will give him the American League MVP. I will give Cody Bellinger, who I think will have another monstrative season in 2020 going up against weak division opponents. He will win the National League MVP. American League Manager of the Year, I believe, will be Dusty Baker for basically for a for winning a playoff series which i will have him doing against the minnesota twins in a clean sweep of three games and you also have to take into account of basically having to having to basically make the astros likable again and uh and take and 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 do what's very possible but all things being considered take them to the alcs and to a uh, into a seventh game, I think that will go a long way in the baseball writers' minds. You know, being as unlucky as he has been in previous postseasons past. You know, with you know choking what he choking with the Nationals in 2017. I can go through his track record. I'd be here until next Tuesday. His track record managing in the postseason. But I believe he will win the Astros a postseason series, which for Baker's career it will be a pretty big deal, and it'll take him to Game Seven of the ALCS within a game of making it to the World Series. I think Dusty Baker and him basically being the guy there post Astros cheating stuff will go a long way, and I think he will be your American League Manager of the Year. And Jace Tingler, who, what, yeah, the the manager of the San Diego Padres will get National League Manager of the Year for taking the Padres to the playoffs for the first time in, what, over 20-something years. So let me make sure I actually get that right because I don't want to basically spew uh, misguided information. But the Padres are a young team, young talent. They're at that stage of their rebuild to basically 
you know, to to make some uh, to make a, a giant leap and a giant improvement and getting the second wild card spot and finishing above 500 is uh, is a giant step and a giant leap. They have not made the playoffs since 2006. Well, I apologize, but they will make the playoffs for the first time since uh, 2006, which is what 14 years. And I believe that their manager, Jace Tangler, Tingler, excuse me, will be the guy to do it. So, and those are your 2020 MLB season predictions. And that does it for another episode of the Amatel Lucky TIS podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, share it with your friends, family, relatives, whoever may enjoy some sports talk during this pandemic. Follow yours truly on Twitter at the J Shield and on Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the program on Twitter at Amatel underscore TIS. Enjoy the start of the baseball season. Talk to y'all in the next one. Take care.